All right. Let's take our declaration. Now, I wasn't going to do that, but I just said, why won't you do it? All right. Now, this is not because we want to teach, but it's part of our life. Sometimes at home when we are doing our meditation, sometimes I just say, let's take that declaration, even though it's not like we are trying to start to study. All right. If you know it by heart, say amen. Amen. If you don't know it by heart, sorry for you. All right. The Lord is good. All right. Those of us know it by heart, let's take it. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. It is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. The Lord is good. I just feel like you greet seven people around you before you take your seats. And I don't mean you go to one person and say you look like seven people. No. I may count seven different individuals. Say God bless you. It is well with you. Amen. Amen. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. We have a tradition in the in Kingdom World Ministries. And I think you should have it in your ministry too. And that is to take a break once in a while. And uh, we usually take ours at the end of the year, December, and today will be our last meeting for the year. And if the Lord wills, for us to continue the way things have been, we shall resume in January. I think that will be the second Saturday tonight. That's what it will be if the Lord um, says continue like that and nothing changes. But if you come and you find a signboard, move to Somalia. <laughs> Just check whether we kept anybody behind. Like Pastor Okimute, Abbastivo. You can say, teach the home crew while the rest of us have gone to Somalia. I hope that that will happen to me one day, yeah. It doesn't have to be Somalia. It could be Burundi, Kenya, Malawi, Malawi. Yes. People look for different things that God will do for them and they'll be excited. Anything the Lord says I should do, I will try my best to be excited. All right? I'm not bragging that I'll be excited. I'll just try there are some things you look, they told Ananias, go and pray for Saul. He said, which one? He said, Saul said, Lord, let's be clear. It's not the same one that um, has been going around plundering the church, gathering people and throwing them into prison. The Lord said, yes, I know. Do I, do I look like I don't know what I'm saying? He said, no, Lord, I just wanted to be sure that I'm sure. <laughs> he said, he's a chosen servant of mine. So sometimes God asks you to do something initially. It's not exciting. And Hagin said that one day the Lord asked him a question. What are you going to do about what I revealed to you concerning the healing ministry 10 years ago? So I was like, in his mind, was I supposed to do something? He said, I was not planning to do anything about it. <laughs> the Lord said, you have to, or else. He said, I've fallen into many of his else's at different times, and that they are not nice. So he made up his mind he was going to start a school of the healing school. That was when he began that. Alright, so sometimes God asks us to do something. Some of them are exciting, some of them are just negligent. So that's what I mean that 
If he says what we have been doing is still all right, we shall continue to do that. So today is our last meeting for the year. That's why we're just taking time out to just um, think of the things that the Lord have done, has done for us. And um, just to give thanks, I'll just share the word with us briefly. And after, we just want to just, you know, just catch somebody and tell the person what the word has done for you this year. If we planned it early enough, I would have, I would have had a testimony time, but we didn't plan it in early enough. So we might not have it, but you can share the testimony. You gave me paper last time? Yes. I think it's in the car. Okay, I'm not giving my wife to read. <laughs> Say thank us for teaching us. Thank you for teaching us how to fish. Sometimes you are here, you are sharing the word. Just be saying things, and you don't even realize that. Of course, to you are just talking, but the Holy Spirit put those words specifically in your mouth to minister to somebody. And I've I've heard those testimonies so many times that now I try not to restrain myself when I'm preaching. If things just come to my mouth, I just say them because I've heard so many testimonies that. In trying to restrain myself. People have complained to me that I'm too scattered when I'm preaching. It doesn't bother me. I have some mentors that are more scattered than me. Oh my God. I don't want to mention their names now. But one major reason why it doesn't bother me is because I've heard too many testimonies. And um, I know in the midst of that uh, disorder is when life is being delivered to some people. So I've learned over time just to let it flow. I could control myself from myself from, from my distractions when I'm preaching. I just choose not to. I do it deliberately. I know what I'm saying. I'm about, I know, I'm about, you know, I'll tell you, I'm about to go on a tangent. I say, I know. What God has just done for me over the years is to be able to find my way back. But as we're going off, I, 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 I go off. Now, there's the action day. <laughs> like we say, that, that's where the action is. That's where the action is. That's where the action is. So that's why... I don't uh, restrain myself. And again, when I'm preaching sometimes, and if it comes to my mind that somebody will say I'm talking about him or her, in my mind, that's your problem. Me, I know I'm not talking about you. And in case I'm talking about you, why can't I talk about you anyway? <laughs> but I just say what I want to say anyway. Because I don't want to hinder somebody else's blessing because I'm afraid to offend somebody. And as a matter of fact, God had to warn Jeremiah about that. When God gives you a ministry, sometimes it offends people. And don't run away because you don't want to offend people. Just make sure that what you are saying is, is the truth, number one, and, was not, and is not being said for the purpose of offense. It's just that the truth can offend. People stumble on truth. Jesus was not born to make people feel sad. But when he was born, Herod didn't like the idea. You understand what I'm saying? He was born to redeem the world, to do the will of the Father. But... This stumbling block, this stone is a foundation stone for some people. It was a stumbling block. It was a stumbling stone. They fell over it and they were scattered. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. So that's why when I'm preaching, I just tell myself, if you want to be offended, be offended. There are things I finished saying afterwards. I said, Banky, did you have to say it like that? I said, I beg. It has been said. <laughs> it has been said. The word of God is not always pleasant. It's not always pleasant sounding. It's, it's when you have repented and you have cleaned your life out. That is when everything about it may sound nice to you. But until then, it will offend you a lot of times. The Lord is good. So, I want us to read a particular portion of the scriptures. First Timothy chapter 1. 
If I let me start like this. You know, on Sunday, was it Steve's wedding? Yeah, when we talked to Pastor Murphy. Me and uh, Apostle sat somewhere, and Pastor Murphy arrived, so he sat with us. He said, was that the last day of Bible study? I said, no, we still have one more next Saturday. He said, okay, did, did anything happen? I said, like what? He said, he said, when your wife came up to pray, the way she was praying, I was wondering what happened. I said, ask who came with I said, the two of them. I said, ask him. And a lot of people were wondering, why are you praying for pastor all of a sudden? What happened? Let me tell you the truth. First, I did not know about it. It was the two of them that were... They just came from um, Abakliki that afternoon. <laughs> a number of them, Unduka, um, Apostle, and um, my wife. Was anybody else with you guys? Huh? Okay, all right. She was there with them. So anyway, four of them just came from Abakliki. From one of our brothers, was, he was getting married from his wedding. So... It was in the course of gist that they started talking. And if you think you, if you like Pastor Banky, let me just tell you, it's your problem. Many people don't like him. Many people don't. So many. So, so many. Maybe you like hearing me preach. A lot of people wish, they wish I would just stop preaching. They wish for more things. We just can't say it. Just that something bad will happen so that you can say he was wrong. Unfortunately, whether something bad happens or not, the truth is the truth. There are those who will carry the truth. God didn't send them, but they carried the truth, preached it, and then something bad happened to them for something else that they did. And that's it shows that what they were saying was not true. It's not true. Somebody, the man was punished for something else. I could have done something else very far removed from things I'm talking about. God will not say just because you are telling the truth in some areas, we now won't judge you at all. What I'm going to say is that it doesn't make what happens to me or doesn't happen to me <laughs> does not make the truth not the truth. Do you follow my point? Yes. But one of the reasons why she prayed like that was that, which I can understand why. I mean, she, she heard the kind of anger some people have towards me. <laughs> and I laughed when she told me. It's not, it's not funny. Though. I might be laughing. I've been accused of all kinds of things. I'm dividing the church. I don't want, for one brother came the other day, they said, please, so and so said something. I just want to hear. He said, he said, she, she, she said that this and that and that. I said, who? She told me the name. I said, I beg, when you want to dis- discuss serious people, come back. <laughs> I didn't answer him at all. <laughs> that what Pastor Baki is saying, is doing is not good. I didn't want to start polluting his mind. So that he knows what the genesis of that person's anger. It has nothing to do with what I said. It has to do with friendship. Do you follow my point? Yes. The, en- the enemy of a friend is an enemy. I, said, I feel like I said, that is all. But I didn't want to pollute his pure ears. I said, just leave that matter. Just leave that matter. It is not about doctrine. It is about conspiracy. <laughs> Personal issues. So when people gather camps around them themselves and they say so, they just say, ah. And then, this is the point. You see where I'm going. Father God, I give you praise. I give you glory for what I'm about to say. Nobody has said, nobody, whether truthfully or wrongly, whether they were even trying to falsely accuse, they have not said I stole their money. 
they have not said we made a deal and I ran away with their portion of it. They have not said I stole their congregation. They have not said I took their wife. They haven't said they found me with another woman. They have not said that I joined APC and took money from PDP. They have, they all, there's not one. I'm not, I'm, okay, I'm not kidding. The only allegation against this poor guy is that he preaches that Christians should not give money. One of the reasons why I didn't, I didn't do Facebook was, I was a basic business. First, I entered Facebook. I said, okay, it's actually Facebook. Let's try. <laughs> One guy said, I hear you preach heresy. I felt like I said, I'll punish you. <laughs> I don't want to answer such people anyway. Why? What I, you don't need to hear what I preach. Just click on pastor.ng. There are over 1,400 of the things I've preached in there. With a bit of patience, you listen to a few hours, you will know what I preach. And there's something about preachers. By the time you listen to a hundred of their messages, you've heard everything. You've heard everything. When I come back again, it's the same thing we are saying in another way. It's the same thing we are saying with another light. It's the same thing. There are messages I know I preach again and again. And I can, sh- I can show you like five different series that say, don't deceive yourself. It's the same thing I said in all of them. Just look for the one that's, that's longest and most recent. Listen to it, you have heard everything. I, I don't many people will not agree. They say, no, that one is still different. But basically, when I start, like, I, I, I've done at least four or five different series here on how to know the will of God for your life. It has come with different names. Living, living according to divine purpose. Go, uh, knowing the will of God. Um, the foundation of the different name. I'll, I'll just be twisting the name just to confuse you so that <laughs> when you start listening, you won't know so that you won't think I have, I have, I've, I'm still. I go do something different. I can come next year and say the quantum experience is the same thing. Listen. <laughs> it, look, is what I'm going to talk is the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Forget the quantumness of the experience. So if you want to answer, say, what am I saying? Just go to the website, click on five different series, and listen. If you want to disagree, that is your problem. Second Timothy, there's a reason why I want to read this. First Timothy, sorry. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope, so Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus in order that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, not to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. That is, if you want to further the work of God in your life, is by faith. You know more of Christ Jesus, what he has done, and you continue to obey the word of God. That's what faith is. Verse 5, and that's why I'm reading this. But the goal of our instruction, and I'm saying it to you today, the goal of my instruction is love from a pure heart, 
I want people to love God from a pure heart, not to be God users, but to be true God lovers. And a good conscience and a sincere faith. Brethren, that is all we try to do here. Love from what? A pure heart. And a good conscience and a sincere faith. Let me just read verse 6. First, for, for some men, straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion. Wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. I'm going to stop in that verse 7 there. Now, this is what this is about. Kingdom World Ministries. The word we release from here. I stand on that God and I say it. The goal of our instruction is that men will love God, love one another from a pure heart. Yes, I preach and I know I do it against love that is not from a pure heart. Love that has ulterior motives. Gives to God that are given to him only so that he can multiply and give back. With the eyes focused from the beginning on what they will get back. I say it is ungodly and I say it again. Unfortunately, those who don't like me, that is the method by which they manipulate people. And I say it is pure manipulation. They know. They know. Forget all of these things. They know. It is a trick of the game. They know. They know. Because what have I said to anybody that enough established scriptures upon which he said? They know. I had a discussion with a friend many years ago. He's not a minister. At least not now. He was going on and said, hey, hear that I don't believe in tithing. I said, yes, I don't. So one day I said, okay, let's talk about it. We were still in school that time. So we started talking, and I, these are the early days. And I said, this didn't fit the doctrine of grace we understand. Now, in modern day now, I can add words like, we understand the spirit of it. And Paul said, walk in the spirit. There's a spirit behind it. Walk by that spirit. And let's not be holding on to matters of the law. When we're done, he said, how many people will God speak to to give to the church and they will hear? I said, what does it matter? He was trying to say to me that this is how church will get money. Once we got to that point, I dropped the discussion. There's no, need, there's no need going forward. We are trying to establish truth here. You are trying to tell me the results when it comes to income for the assembly. Of course, when I hear things like that, it reinforces my, my disagreement with some people. I know some people have very, very good hearts and all of that. But these days, a lot of people don't. When I wrote my book, Then Grace to Prosper, if you see, I took the chapter, one particular chapter to the end. I didn't want to put it in the book. But my friend said something. He said, Banky, if it is the truth, it has to be told. He said, if it is the truth, it has to be told. I wrote that chapter at least, that I remember very well, three times. I will write, read through it. I say, it sounds like an argument. I throw it away. I will write, read through it. I say, it looks like you're angry with somebody. I remove it. Then finally, I now have this wisdom. 
to do it as a question and answer issue. So I start with things like, what is a tithe? It's simple. I answer it. I said, what is tithing? If you read the book, I put a difference between tithe and tithing. And there's a difference. A tithe is 10%. To give a tithe is from tithing. Tithing is a habit. Do you understand my point? So I said it is a regular calculation of 10% of your income and giving it somewhere because you believe that that's where God is receiving. I described that. Was there tithing before the law? You've heard that thing before? Yes, there was. I said, no. Tithing, the way I've described it, did not exist before the law. It was established, first of all, under the law. The way I describe it, regular, compulsory, instructed, which must be delivered in a particular way, never existed until Moses gave them the service of God under the law. I went line by line, line by line. Any reference in the New Testament, I pointed out all the references. And at the end of the day, the answer is no, there is none. When you talk about New Testament, we're talking about after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when the new covenant was enacted by the power of his blood. So, but the Hebrews chapter 7, it was mentioned, they're talking history, that Abraham went here and Abraham went there. That's what they were saying. <laughs> And I went on and on. Do you know, despite that, as soon as the book came out, my persecution began. With all this, my attempt not to have offend anybody. And of course, all those who were angry did not read the book. Because like one man said, there is nobody that read the book. If you're a pastor, you will not buy a bundle and give to all your workers. That's what one guy said. And the guy was not even a Pentecostal. He said, ah, because he read the book from cover to cover. And he said, anybody goes through this book, will be a good Christian. He'll be a generous Christian. He will give freely. And he will give well. That why would anybody be angry? I'm sending it to you again. The goal of our instruction, that's what we do. Is the, the goal of our instruction is so that people will have Love for God from a pure heart. True, genuine love for God. One of the things I try to teach these days is for Christians to understand that Christianity is not... Let's leave this babyhood thing that God owes me comfort. And that's the whole aim. He gives me comfort. I serve him for more comfort. And I can never sacrifice my comfort for anything. That's not Christianity, True Christianity. If you look at the first 12, they call them the apostles of the Lamb. All of them minus one died from persecution. Not as if their God was tired and did not know how to save people. It was deliberate. He chose it like that. From the beginning, he told Peter, you follow me. As we were going, he said, what about this one? Talking about John. <laughs> In that conversation... He said something. He said, when you were a child, understand, you went wherever you, you wanted to go. Then one day you'll be old, somebody else will lead you where you're supposed to go. He said, by this, he described the kind of death by which Peter will glorify God. It was not a game of chance. When it was not time to die, 
And they took Peter. The Holy Spirit motivated the church. They prayed. Everything was put together. It was released. The angel didn't have to fight. Fight two guards and then jump to the next one. It's for movie effect. And then they went there. Everybody fell asleep. Opened the gate and said, Peter, let's go. That's it. And he could have done it again and again and again and again. He took Paul and um, Silas out of the jail. They didn't even run away. Opened everything. He delivered them. An angel appeared to Paul one day and said, listen, nobody is going to die on this boat. I have granted, God has granted the life of everybody traveling with you. So he told them and said, listen, God, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, said nobody is going to die. All you need to do is do this, do this, everybody will be fine. And everybody was fine. Everybody was fine. That same God could have delivered him again. He just chose not to. One day Paul said, I'm in a difficult place. I'm in a strait betwixt two, according to King James. Whether to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, or to stay behind. He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So for me to stay behind is service in the cause of Christ. What do you guys think? I think it is better to remain. All right, I'll stay. Because he said he will stay, nobody could kill him before his time. The time came, he wrote a letter to Timothy. He said, I don't think there's anything left to do. I've finished the course, I've run the race. I've written all everything I know. I've taught you people like you, Titus, you know, that's Timothy, Titus, all the other people. Priscilla, Aquila, I've told, taught you people everything. I've written letters. He wrote a few books deliberately. I believe one of them is the book of Hebrews. Some people decide to doubt it. I don't know why. Romans, Hebrews, Ephesians. He wrote them deliberately to document revelation. He wrote some of the Corinthian letters, inside Corinthian letters too, he deliberately put, on, put in revelations. He wrote a number of things, taught many people, said it is enough. He said that what remains for me now is that crown. That's the end of it. So I'm, ra- I'm now ready to be poured forth as a drink offering. Shortly after, from history, we heard he died. Again, he was, he was killed. In fact, when God called him, when Jesus met him on that road to Damascus, the gist was, oh boy, I've, I've caught you now. Don't run up and down. Nah, I have you. I have apprehended you. Sit down. You are going to go here. You will suffer. You will go here. You will suffer. You will go here. You will suffer. Describe everything. <laughs> that was his calling. Not enter into abundance. Prosperity. We are walking in a realm where the things of this world don't touch us at all because we are chopping. We are chopping. We are just chopping. Chopping is good though, but that's not the aim of Christianity. Christianity is laying down your life like Jesus laid down his own. That's what Christianity is. I, I pray that enough of us will learn that. Christianity is laying down your life like Jesus laid down his own. Many times when you have to make a choice, where do I go? Where won't I go? Say, where am I going to serve? Where will I not serve? Those are, things, those are the kind of questions Christians ask. Where will I serve? Where am I not needed? Where will I learn so I can be of better service? 
If it is left to you to make a choice, those are the things you put in your mind first. Where will I serve? Because Christianity is about laying down our lives. That's what it is. And that's something I'm trying to teach Christians again today. So country is bad, country is bad. Why do you think you were born? It's because it's bad. If it was not bad, you probably would not have been needed. Country is bad, country is bad. This is bad, this is bad. That's why you have life. That's why you have life. That's why God said, okay, breathe, be. You now get to the place where it is bad. Say, why is it so bad? Let me go and look for where it is not bad. Ungodly reasoning. That is what I mean by, you know, love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. True faith is what we are teaching again. There was a time the faith that we learned was all about how to grab, grab, grab. And I look back and say, the people that, is it that they didn't have mansions in the days of Jesus Christ? If it really worked the way we tried to make it look like it worked, why was Peter not living in a mansion? I'll tell you. Because they realized the vanity of things. So Paul said, I've learned to abound, I learned to abase. Anyone that is with them is anyone. It's a waste of faith to start saying, ah, I call him to be seven bedrooms. <laughs> the honest is that if we get the house in seven bedrooms, we stay there. If they say there's no bedroom, hey, we'll just manage somewhere. There's no, we're not going to die. This work, we still do it. It's not as if they had a problem. The Bible doesn't have a problem with abundance, with prosperity. It just doesn't like it being our focus. It can't be. It can't be. Everything is given to us to use. Everything is given to us to use. It's like losing sleep so you can... That is the kind of things we do sometimes. It's like losing sleep so you can buy a good bed. I don't know what... Do you get my point? You get a job that will help you buy the best bed. But the job says you can't sleep. So what is the purpose... So for us in Christianity, we don't focus on that. What we focus is that, listen, we have work to do. We have to sleep. Where's the bed the Lord has provided? If it's not good, yes, we can pray, say, Lord, uh, this is not good for sleep. We have to be refreshed before morning. But we won't spend all our energy losing sleep so we can get a bed. And that's what I'm teaching to Christians these days. Sincere faith. Realizing that your life has a purpose. Realizing that God that gave you life in fact, who was I talking to yesterday? I was just with somebody. Okay, it was, um, it was Pastor Corey's wife, you know. She called just to wish us, um, um, you know, happy anniversary and all of that. So we're talking about 20, 21 years, don't pass like that. You know, we're just talking, the time flies. So, okay, you know, geez, from one thing to the other. And I said, hey, that one has to be thinking, oh, this is how time flies. That one day you are going to face the person that sent you to this earth. What are you going to tell him? Now, that's our discussion. I went into it. That, hey, all the gifts he gave to you, the assignment he put in your hands, you just sit down there before you know what's happening. 21 years will just disappear. You are waiting till everything is convenient to do the will of God. You know, so we're just talking about it. I said, that's one thing Christians don't understand. Some people say, I have a good intention. Let me go and make money first. And the easiest place to make money is this country, is our country. And after that, I will now come back and do something. You know what a lot of them don't realize? The problem that God has is what is first. 
The intention may be good, but which one is what? First. I remember one brother does this in school, anointed teacher. He said, no, before he starts ministry. He will first, now, <clears throat> be careful with the word first, though. First the kilo. I will follow you. Let me first go and bury your father, my father. Jesus Christ looked at him. They are not worthy of the kingdom. Let me first go and tell my people bye-bye. He said, first, I will have granted you leave after two years of following me to go and tell them bye-bye. But that first position. He said, I will first go establish a business. When the business is moving, and things are established and money is coming. They will not come and do ministry. Then they will know that they did not come to ministry for money. That was a long time ago. Last news I hear of the bro is not in ministry. This statement was made in my hearing at least 31 years ago. Unless your name is Moses and you're in the wilderness. <laughs> I don't know why you plan to do this ministry. I don't know why you plan to do it. And the problem is this issue of what? First. It is the, the first thing. The, the what is first? That is what the problem is. I found out that if you, if you ever put the reason, sometimes we don't know, so God overlooks our ignorance, but if you ever put the reason why you believe God kept you on this earth till it is convenient, a lot of time when you are ready to return to it, you're no longer needed. And it's deliberate. It's called, it's, it's called being cast aside. Also a matter of fact. So that they were speaking. He said, let's be careful though. I'm talking about what faith is again. Sincere faith. True faith teaches us. I'm not here to amass anything on this earth. I'm not here to get a name for myself on this earth. I'm not here to do anything apart from the will of God on this earth. Every other thing is an addition. All other things are what? Added. Sometimes you see, see a woman agree for marriage proposal or reject based on which kind of wedding the man can give her. What kind of crisis is that? You know how many days, how many years your wedding last? Not the marriage, wedding. How long did it last? Is it like, um, were, you, were you wedding for six weeks? <laughs> It's just because it's even Nigeria, we have three ceremonies. You go go registry. No, I'm not introduction don't be marriage. Introduction and introduction. I want to know what you see. Talk about the wedding itself. We go go registry, go traditional. But most of us were able to do as if you didn't establish churches. You didn't have to go to the registry first. You know what I say? Well, churches that are registered to wed, you know, licensed to wed. We did two days. The night of Friday, the morning stroke afternoon on Saturday was over. That was 21 years ago. The whole thing, you know, reached 24 hours. Why would I choose who I will live with for 21 years? Based on the quality of waste of money we can do for 24 hours. Is it not a waste of money? I'm sorry to say it. You just, you know, we were just in, you know, during this mass word. I said they are told me decisions I made during my wedding. I was angry after. Till today, I'm angry. <laughs> 21 years after, I'm still angry. You say on what? I'll tell you. The shirt I bought. That shirt was unnecessary. 
The anointing was I bought this one, I think it was on Friday morning. I went to forestry in Benin. Went to the boutiques and bought a white shirt because my wedding is tomorrow. After the wedding, I looked at the shirt, look at my older white shirt. I realized that my older white shirts were finer. It annoyed me. The second one was the pair of shoes I wore for the traditional. He pinched my leg. I was, he was pinching my leg. And he collected my money. Good money. But it was, and I had sure I could have won. But no. I had to wear, it has to be new. Nonsense. Yes, I say boldly. After 21 years, nonsense. See, they pay me. <laughs> I've occurred the ones where I go there. Go one guy with submission. He said, shine these things for wedding. He will shine it, shine it. And you know, shoe, you know shoes you have worn for some time, they usually are very comfortable. Let me just advise people who are coming after Steve. Buy your shoe at least one month ahead and wait. <laughs> so it will become comfortable. I still remember that shoe. It pinched my leg the wedding day. And they, you know, they not lie to you that they don't wear. If you see, I'm a very stubborn human being. What I'm wearing, is it traditional or, or English? Check my shoe. I'm wearing socks. <laughs> yes, it's rebellion. I'm wearing socks. If you don't like it, go and buy this quality of shoes. And come and give me. Then I'll wear it without socks just to show you for one day. After that, I put my socks again. You know why I decided to wear socks? Shoes, without socks. You know these shoes? They can't pay person. All the friction is on your soul. <laughs> your body just feeling angry. So I had that shoe that day. You had this pinch inside. And I didn't have socks. 21. You see why I'm feeling angry after 21 years? So if anybody wants to wear tomorrow, say that he wants to buy you, say, oh, but you go so far. You go so far. Better go and get the one you have before. Shine it. Now, what I'm trying to say is that don't kill yourself. That's what I'm trying to say with all of these gist we are gisting. No need. Don't have to, you don't have to kill yourself. I always tell people that if you do wedding one day, money not rich, no wala. Just manage. Then 10 years, when God don't hammer your life, God don't blow you. Do 10th anniversary. And you block artisan road there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they won't know that you are vexing. <laughs> the word I'm making is that, but you see, people make decisions on crucial life issues because of temp, a, a 24 hour ceremony. Because you don't, you, you know, you want to have vision. Is, 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 we saw the video of uh, Diana's wedding. And you form that into your idea. So the, 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 the godly man that wants to marry you, of course, his name is not Prince Charles. I said, let me go and pray. Some things are not prayer points. I can, who can give me the quality of wedding? No, there are things I preach, Apostle. I'm not happy I'm preaching them. I feel like I look like an unserious preacher. Handling, talking about things that are not important. But you know, people are making crucial decisions like that every day. Talking about faith, sincere faith. For us to know what is important in life. Faith has not been given to us so we can be grabbing, 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 making our lives more comfortable. The purpose of faith is so that we can do the will of God. That's it. 
That's why I keep on giving people like uh, John Knox as an example when it comes to prayer. Give me Scotland or I die. He learned to pray so that the purpose of God in his life could be fulfilled. Sincere faith. That is what it's about. Let me read that again. So the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. If you ever hear me preach, that is all my focus is about. Love from a pure heart. A good conscience and a sincere faith. As a matter of fact, in the church of today, this verse 6 has been fulfilled extensively. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion. That is what we have a lot of times in what we call church. Fruitless discussion. Discussion based on the standard that the world has given to us. A lot of idolatry. Who is doing this to me? Yes. Who is the reason why I'm not succeeding? Who is that man I keep seeing in my dream that's obstructing my destiny? The man that's always showing up in your dream to obstruct your destiny. If you pray about it very well, it is the manifestation of sin in your heart. It's not somebody outside. Did you hear what I said? It is a manifestation of sin in your heart. God is saying, get rid of this obstruction. It's called a stronghold. It's called a stronghold. I will say this again. I know people don't like it. You know how you know a false prophet? There are a number of ways. One key way you know a false prophet is that in all his visions are revelations. The blame is not your own. The blame is never yours. It's always somebody else out there. In all his visions, in all her revelations, it is somebody else. It's not your fault. It's never your fault. Say the witch. I remember one woman that time that used to give my wife all kinds of gist. Young woman. The one day called her and said, Ah, do you know they have confessed? That all this while it was their neighbor. And her father is supposed to be a pastor. And in my mind, what has he been preaching all this while? When they said that one to my wife, I looked at my wife. I said, that was many years ago. You tell my wife that kind of nonsense now. She will correct you on the spot. I said, she's not ashamed of herself. That if you're a Christian, now imagine me. Okay, look at what I'm wearing. It's not white. They now see potopoto all over the place. As I'm coming, I say, ah, Pastor, why is your clothes stained with potopoto? I said, there's one six-year-old boy that met me at that junction. He beat me. He beat me. I didn't want to retaliate, but the boy beat me, threw me into the gutter. You know, you're going to look at me like, excuse me. Was a soldier uncle with him and a Mopo elder brother. You want to know what happened? Say, no, he was just alone. He was possessed with the spirit of the seven sons of Skiva. Of course, even if that happened, Assuming one demon possessed six years really beat me like that, threw me into gutter. No, I won't tell you. Only my wife will hear. What happened? I fell into the gutter. 
that that place, so you know, there's gutter there. So I entered it. You won't know how I entered it. <laughs> Shame will not let me tell you that a six-year-old put me inside. So I tell Christians all the time that even if you are true, you should be too ashamed. You should, no, shame should be all over you that a witch took your whole family of prayer warriors and for 15, 20 years was afflicting you people. And you came out to testify that, not that you overcame, that she confessed. That if she had not confessed, our struggling would have continued. I tell Christians, I say, you should be, there's a kind of pride that is godly. That kind of pride should be too much in you to allow you testify that such things happened. My wife and uncle went to church one day somewhere. A woman came to testify that her husband was going on the road. <laughs> and the man touched him. And his thing disappeared. They can't catch the man, beat the man, the man can't return the thing. If I'm your wife, you're not touching me again, while I like, like the thing is polluted. Do I know where it went? Are you sure it's your own? I wish it's your own. I wish it's your own. Where they were keeping it, they mixed it up. I better go. I said, what? People say if God is powerful. And God is powerful. <laughs> As if not me. If a wish shakes me, his brain, her brain will disappear. If I know you they disappear something, I'll bring in my hand for you. Good afternoon. God bless you. I will hold that hand. Let's see the flow of power. If you have more power than me, begin. I will drain your whole. That is, if I, I will say to God, please, brain. Mm, I, don't, I know they do anything. Brain, brain. <laughs> it's brain I want. As I shake your hand, you, you, you lose control. You know, you, you will start to the pee for body because all these controls are in the brain. And when your brain has finished frying, say, Who's your Luo? Tell him I need his brain. I fry all your. Co- oh. Every court member, the one that the brain doesn't vanish that day, we vanish over the next few years. They will start diagnosing dementia one after the other in all of you. Do you know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? I'll come and testify that they had to beat a man to return my thing. One more. You know the truth, Christians, what we have just done is just carry our native idolatry. We bought suit for it, gave it a Bible to hold, and brought it to church. So we are fighting the same fights as unbelievers, and then the chief priest is now the pastor. And that's why he demands sacrifices. When it is, when it is um, harvest, you bring him the yam. He has to eat his sacrifice. He's not a chief priest. But no. What do we do in Kingdom World Ministries? To let every believer in Christ Jesus know that she, he, each one of us, we are priests of God. And we live in another realm, not this common realm. Like I say all the time, my children, they have never, my children have never 
in the house we are praying, they have never heard us pray about witches. All the powers that say we won't succeed. Not once. Now ask them. So it's, it's, was your father telling the truth? They have never. What do we do? Okay, meditation for this morning. Everybody, you have five minutes. Psalm 119. You are taking from verse 1 to verse 16. Something like that. Everybody, you have five minutes. That is prayer. And when we say meditation, we mean meditation will be muttering it loud, nodding your head, uttering the word of God. One evening, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, yeah, everybody. The one we were doing the last few days. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 12. Everybody, you have five minutes. That's it. We give thanks. We share the word of God. We, we, you know, we, we pray for the nation. Pray for Enugu. Pray for the school. Pray for anything you are doing. Pray for the business. Pray for the ministry. After that, pray for your grandparents. Pray for your cousins. Pray for your friends. Pray for things like that. Pray, bless people, and go away. As for every power, fighting your destiny, ne- they only hear the word which when they come for Bible study and I'm preaching like this. They have never heard it at home. Never. Tell my children, you're a witch. They're going to wonder, you're a witch. Which citizen of a country do they call witches? They're just only one. Which country? You can't scare them that you're a witch. Say what's happened. So my father has said people like you are jobless. Well, <coughs> Go and find work. I'm talking about sincere faith. That is what we are about here. Sometimes people come to me. If I, who, who came to me one day? I can't even remember what. I was telling my wife. I said, ah, this fellow is lucky. I said, say, Nami, come to Nubi Okemote. I said, Okemote treatment. Well, you, you see, this man of God, if you go and meet him, you, maybe you come. He <laughs> said, you are having problems. You are having problems. And he catches you. You know, he has a standard prescription. You go look like this six months. What? Six months. I must see you regularly, Tuesdays and Saturdays. At the end of six months, we will pray. Why? Because most people's problems he has understood is what? Ignorance. Ignorance. See, what, what prayer am I praying for you? We have six months. I must see you Tuesdays and Saturdays. At the end of six months, let's have this discussion again. He doesn't ask for your offering. Some will say you, you will break that power with a seed. It's not true. It's, it, it, we, are, we are doing business. When we talk like that, we are doing business. We need to raise money. That's why we say those things. True freedom. When you know the truth of the word of God, it sets you free. That's what true freedom is. Settle down with the, the, the word of God for six months. There's no how you won't be free. There are demons that will stop coming to your house. By the third week, they've stopped coming. Because you are growing spiritually, they can feel it. The radiation is perceptible to them. What I've told you is a matter of fact. They can feel it. They can feel it. They can feel it. There are problems that will disappear. Just say, no, you do, we don't belong here. Just because of the truth you are hearing. You've not done anything, no. You're just hearing. You're just hearing. You have not used it to pray. You're just listening. That's what we do. Is sincere faith, sincere faith. Unfortunately, it offends a lot of people. <laughs> and when my wife finished hearing the kind of the kind of uh, venom, bile, thank you, that people had against her husband, I said, people, people, pray for him. Too many people don't like him. <laughs> I, I, I thank God for the prayer. I bent my head. I received all of it. Because prayer, not that one. I, if Paul can say pray for us, it shows it is important. 
So I, I appreciate it. I, really, I, and I'm asking you again, pray for us. Why do you say us? Well, it's like this. Pray for me. Pray for everybody that ministers along with me. Pray for those who hear these same words. They believe them and they are now preaching them. So when I say us, that's what I mean. Pray for us that God will open effectual doors through which we'll be able to speak his truth. Pray for us that we'll be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. Pray for us that all our needs will be supplied. Pray for us that we will not fall into temptation. Pray for us that we will not be discouraged. Pray for us that revelation, truth will continue to shine in our hearts and boldness to speak it will always be there also. Pray for us that the word of God will mightily grow and prosper. It's an important prayer. That is what we do in Kingdom World Ministries. So this is the last day for the year. For those who are listening to us on MixLR, that's the only place we are streaming today. Because, anyway, we knew there would be a lot of activity, so the video will be obstructed a lot. That's why we said, let's just use only sound. So those of, us who are, those of us who are listening from outside, remember, all our messages are still available on our website. The website doesn't go on break. The servers or the server is always working. Right now, we, I'm sure we, are, we have over 1,400 of them. All of them free to download. But fresh ones will cease. We'll, we'll put the outstanding ones that we have sometime by next week. And then we'll wait till next um, year to recommence. So that's our habit in Kingdom World Ministries. People say, ah, your members will go away. Don't worry. <laughs> doesn't make any difference. They are not, I mean, how do I say it now? We appreciate the members, but even if three people come, we'll preach the word and put it on the web. Do you understand? A lot of the messages you hear on the web, they have been, there's at least one or two that I preach to nobody. My wife was not at home. I needed to record for radio. So I preached alone, recorded it, and gave it to the radio. It's part of the archive. A lot of them, just three of us, in my sitting room at home, we just sit down there and we'll just be preaching. And we'll preach and preach. You'll see a series of, like all that series of um, complete all-round prosperity. It was in my sitting room, remember? Ten-minute messages, there are about 30 of them. Just in my sitting room. Just about three or four of us. That's me, including me. We are a total of three or four. We just share the word of God and we'll continue hanging it there. And if members want to go, why will you stop them anyway? <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. I mean, like they say, come chop, don't become work. So someone say, ah, okay, I don't want chop again. Nothing spot. Nothing spot. But we, don't, we have no problem with it. Everybody has to rest, okay? It's called Sabbath. The principle of Sabbath is for you to realize that sometimes you have to rest. And everybody be careful that you don't take whatever it is you are doing and turn it into an idol. You know, you will not sleep. You will not sleep properly. He said, because I have things to do. You think those who are sleeping don't have things to do? <laughs> when God said that you have Sabbath rest, you think it's because he thought you will be jobless. They had things to do. Sabbath is a deliberate thing. You, it's deliberate. You will say, I'm not doing it. Big jobs are coming. Let them go. So other people will take it. Am I the only one that will eat? Will I give all the offerings? Somebody, somebody must get something. That's the principle. Somebody else must get something. 
So Sabbath, the principle of Sabbath is you know you have things to do, but you refuse to do it. Why? Because you have to rest. Anytime you focus so much on something, you are working all the time, you start making excuses. I have things to do. I can't go for Bible study. I have things to do. I can't sleep. I have things to do. That thing is slowly becoming an idol. You have to be careful not to make an idol of anything that God has given you, especially blessings that he gave. Yes, that's it. You don't break the law of God to sustain his blessing in your life. It has become an idol. That's what happened to Jeroboam. Who made Jeroboam king? God. The prophet, is it Abijah or Ahijah? I mix up their names. Just stopped him and said, listen, this is what God said. Tore the clothes and gave him ten pieces. That's it. Northern Israel is yours. As soon as he took over, over as king, you know what he said? These people will now go to Jerusalem to worship. They had to now be reconciled back to the house of David. So what do I do? Let's stop them from going to worship. He closed the door. And God punished his family severely because of the sin he committed and the one he made Israel commit. He turned his throne to an idol. He wanted to sustain his dynasty. Something you did not fight for. It was handed to you free of charge. How you know you have, God is helping you that you are sleeping? You are resting. You are taking your Sabbath periods. Sabbath for us believers is not just every seventh day. No. But we understand the principle of it. In fact, because part of Sabbath is daily. The time you just shut down everything, everybody go and sleep. I want to go and sleep. I want to go and sleep. Say, there's still work. I know. Let's go and sleep. God gave Israel some... It was so tempting. They didn't observe it one day. I don't even know what happened to David. Even he forgot. They were supposed to shut down the whole country for a whole year. No farming. They forgot. If you ever heard me preach about the priestly corner of life, what's the priestly corner of life? There are things you do which, naturally speaking, there's no explanation for how they are relevant in the things you are doing. But you do them anyway. Sabbath is one of those things. Forget the issue of when science says you need to sleep, you need to do your body, yes. But when it comes to maybe like a business, there are times you can't explain why you just need to, everybody needs to go and rest. But it's a priestly corner of life. You know how they used to give God offerings those days? One of the offerings they used to give God was what? A burnt offering. Let me say something about the burnt offering. Then I'll be done. A burnt offering was wasteful. If you don't understand spiritual things, you will never understand burnt offerings. There are other kinds of offerings. The offerings in which you kill the animal, you take some pieces, burn, put the, uh, the blood here and there, like Passover. Then everybody eats the meat. The offerings that you take this, take this, burn it, the rest you give to the priest, and the priest eats it. You know the one we do bazaar and the Thanksgiving in our churches? It makes a lot of sense because after that, Reverend Father, his store is full. The priest, his store is full. So it makes sense to give those things to the ministers. And we say we are offering them to God. And God had a lot of such types. But he had one particular, what is called a whole burnt offering. Not a whole burnt offering. Is, a burnt offering is, you burnt everything to ashes. This one part of it you probably have never thought about. When Jacob was going out, he made a vow to God that if God takes care of him, he will give God a tenth of everything that he acquired. He will acquire. Now, when he got to the house of Laban, you know how God blessed me? 
blessed him as he was about to leave. Can I remember that? Do you know he paid his vow? But it's not recorded clearly in scripture like that. Do you know he paid his vow? How did he do it? He gathered a tenth of all his animals, killed all of them, burnt them to ashes. If you don't understand spiritual things, that would be the craziest thing a man could do. You don't get it. 10% of thousands of sheep, thousands of goats, thousands of your stuff like that. You just gather them one day. You and your men are busy slaughtering and slaughtering. Then after some time, you heap all of them together and put fire. The fire wants to go out, you put more wood. It's called a whole burnt offering. It's part of the priestly corner of life. There are things you do, it's wasteful. Yes, we know. But there are times you just do it. Just to say that it's a way of acknowledging that God, I'm not the one doing this. It's not by the strength of my might that this business will grow. So I'm going to close just so we can rest. So these are some of the things we put in mind at the beginning of Kingdom Word. And it's not only here we rest, though. All I mean is that it's not as Kingdom Word shuts the door and Pastor Bank continues moving up and down. Radio people will be broadcasting. It doesn't require our live listing. The website is up, but the last invitation I have for the year, I took it only because it is tomorrow morning. So I said, well, it's not too far away. So I'll just go to the church tomorrow morning, close, and then the next one month, invite me anywhere, get my point. Nowhere will I go. Say, ah, pastor, if we go this one, the pastor has promised, he'll give you a brand new Camry as an honorarium. I will consider the pastor and you satanic operators. Yeah, seriously. You know, that, that's one way I resist things. So. I said, for you to offer this now, you are working for Satan. You don't know we have been sent to go and tempt my soul. I will resist you. I will resist. That is, I'm not saying they can see Satan. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. Father, we thank you for this year. Thank you for your word. Thank you. Thank you.